Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. It feels like yesterday when we roamed this lost world. A little town amidst a giant city. Quiet, crazy, wild, and sometimes lonely. Never boring, yet at times it was. It was a place where characters roamed and lived bizarre tales. Yet these were not works of mythology, and it's all tattooed on my mind. So sit back, and let me tell you the stories of this ancient city. Let's hang out together on the Stoops of Atlantis. Well, hello everybody, it's Mikey D in the time machine again for another East Harlem walking tour. Alright, folks, gather round. We're going to be, we'll start off in front of my stoop, the stoop, 439 118th Street. Yeah, this is where it all began, this is where it all starts, this is where my perspective is from. But we're going to walk, we're going to walk east, east and then north on Pleasant Avenue for this tour. It's a lot of interesting stops along the way, a lot of history, a lot of moments, uh, a lot of deviousness, etc. So, uh, so this, yeah, it's my building, you know, you've heard enough about that one, so we're just going to continue to the next building, which is this white building. This white building next door to me is, well, one of my best friends uh, forever. Uh, Joe lives there, and he's been brought up numerous times in, in this podcast. Uh, in the future, when Mikey D does the podcast, because we're now back in, uh, in the 80s, although my voice doesn't sound like it did then, but I guess that's because I'm in a time machine. And when you're writing your own story, you can make up any rules you want. Anyway, so, um, and I know you're not supposed to go back in time and change things, so I'll, I'll try my best not to do that, although it's tempting. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, this white building, this one, this building had had a couple of knockers on the door. Now, when I mean knockers, I don't mean to knock, actual physical knockers. That's what Joe used to say. He said, this building has the best tits on the block. And if you look at the wooden doors, it's it's just carved into the the wood. He had the very very old doors. They're probably the original doors uh, when this building was put up. And there's these two round hooters on the door. And Joe's building was famous for that. There used to be a kid that lived in this building who went by the name of Mimo. He lived on the top floor. And Mimo was my friend when I was pretty young. And uh, we got a lot of mischievous trouble together. He was he was Canadian Italian. He was Italian as mother spoke pure. Italian. I don't know if she even spoke any English, but uh, we had some fun moments, and I guess the most memorable moment, I mentioned this in a podcast, I think, ages ago, was when we were, had the bright idea of playing darts, and we we drew a target on a cardboard box, and we didn't put the cardboard box on the stoop and throw the darts at it, we each took turn, took turns holding the box and throwing the dart, and, well, <laughs> Mimo threw the dart, and it angled downward. I guess he didn't put enough oomph on it. And it went into my left upper thigh. And I was wearing shorts. And it was weird because the dart went all the way in. I mean, real, literally the entire point. And I just remember jumping up and down, crying. And my sister Donna was sitting nearby. And she ran over and yanked it out. And I think this single drop of blood came out. But my, So I was glad about that. It wasn't bleeding all over the place. Uh, it didn't hurt that much. But my mother insisted I go get a tetanus shot. And I think that was my first tetanus shot. And I think I hated that more than the dart. I would rather got hit in the dart again. Because back then I didn't like needles. I don't mind them now. But I didn't like them then. So that's, yeah, I remember that well. That's me. Mimo moved away uh, quite a while ago. Like we were, I was just a little kid, kid when, he, when he moved away. But I remember that night my father was mad at him for doing it. And uh, my father said, I don't want you staying anywhere near Mike. 
So for the next couple of days, when I tried to walk near Mimo, he would run away. And I was getting very upset because he was my buddy. And I was like, you don't have to literally be, not stay with me. He was just mad at you. But uh, anyway, we got over it and we were friends. But then he moved away. Next building on the, uh, we're continuing on the north side of 118. This is an Italian lady with blue hair you still live here. And I can't remember her name. But yeah, she always had blue hair. And uh, she yelled at us many times for playing ball in front of her, in front of her building. And especially the time when we threw the ball and it went through her window, shattered the window. And I was up at bat, and the ball was pitched. I hear the glass shattering. I turn, I look at the broken window, I turn back, and all my friends are gone. They ran. I dropped the bat and took off. She found out we had to chip in and buy her a new window. The next building is 445. Now, 445 is an important building in my life because I lived in this building first. Now, I wasn't born in this building. I was born on actually on 119th Street, but I don't remember because we moved out of that building. I think I was six months old. But we did live in 445 for, for a few years, I think until I was about five or six. And uh, that's when we moved to 439. But 445 was a little railroad apartment, and it was getting a little cramped for me and my three sisters and the new baby on the way. Uh, and that's when my, my dad bought the, the building with the yard and the crabapple tree. And you could hear all those stories in past episodes. But 445, there was a the man who, the landlord, I think he was the owner of the building. His name was Frank. And uh, he was sort of a beaten down man. His wife was kind of a grumpy old sod. And his, she had two daughters that were quirky. That was, uh, they reminded me of the, uh, the, the, mean step, just the mean sisters in Cinderella. Uh, just a, that's an odd group. It was sort of they were surreal. It was a surreal group of people. Um, and my grandmother lived in this building. She lived on the first floor. And I used to uh, run down and spend afternoons with her. And uh, she would have, she had the first color TV that I remember. And I remember seeing Sesame Street and Electric Company for the first time in color. And it was, it was so cool. And uh, she would sit by the window all the time and throw us quarters. Uh, and then, then she wound up moving uh, to Hong Kong. I'm a little Uncle Frank. But those are very fond memories of the, of uh, my grandmother living there. And then next building over, if you continue, now here is where the Bloodmaster, a guy named Russ, was a good friend of my my oldest sister. He was a musician, a drummer, uh, into a lot of stuff, uh, like me, I, like I became, you know, like a hobby guy, just into into things, just in, geeky things, fun things, always looking for something new to entertain him. You'd build models and stuff like that. Now, remember him and remember the fact that he built models because as we go down uh, on our tour, we're going to have a, there's another famous spot. In fact, it'll be the end, probably the end of the tour uh, where we talk about a specific model that he built and what we did with it, which was a lot of fun. Uh, the next building, uh, continuing north, I'm, I'm sorry, continuing east on the north side, uh, when I was very, very young, there was a bunch of Italian people, uh, families that lived in this building, uh, which was the whole neighborhood, was an Italian neighborhood until the, the white flight when everybody chickened out and, and moved away from the city. But there was Rosaria on one floor, and uh, she used to, she had, she was funny. She would scream out the window. I, I'll never forget, my mother gave her a recipe for uh, fried chicken. Now, here's something interesting. My mother, who was Italian, made the best fried chicken period no one made better fried chicken than, than she did i know she spent a little time in the south but I, I, she it's just the best fried chicken she was an italian mother and made fried chicken what could i say and she gave rosario the uh the recipe and then uh, one day my mother's outside and she looks up and goes hey rosario what'd you think of, that, of the chicken 
And she goes, it was effing great. Just screamed it out the ball, uh, down the bog. Although she didn't censor herself. Like I just did. So, uh, and there were other families in there uh, whose names I do not recall. But I remember the bottom floor was a woman who lived there for many years. And she had a son named Jason, I think. I'm trying to just, this is all like old stuff. This is really going back. It was a, it was a, it was an odd build, something odd about the building. I don't know what it was. Maybe because right next door was the garage. And the garage was owned by John. John was a local character with a lot of kids. He had five, I think it's four or five kids that we used to go to the beach with. And uh, John was a good friend of my dad. And he was a car mechanic. And this garage was always open, always busy. He was always working on someone's cars. Uh, so this garage was was fun because I used to hang around in there as a kid because it was fun to like ride up on. He had this little uh, jack that he would like a hydraulic jack, and I would stand on it and, and my friend would like pump it up. We would take turns riding up the jack, and then we would climb up onto the roof of this garage, which was low. It was only like maybe a story tall, but there was two ways to get at it. Now the wall, there was a wall along the side where all the local kids played handball, and uh, I was too young. I, didn't, I never would get into handball much, but my sisters. Play for hours, but I would I prefer to climb up on this thing. And there were two ways to get at it. One was on the stoop of the building next to it, and you'd have to shimmy your way on the edge of the brick around this metal gate, and then beyond. It was dangerous. That's what we did back then. We didn't think about the danger. If I would have fallen, I probably would have cracked my head open, maybe died. <laughs> but that's what we did. We lived dangerously, and it was fun. And we didn't think about it. It wasn't. It wasn't like we. I stood there a moment and go, hmm, should we do this? Is this crazy? No, we just did it. And why did we go up there? Why not? It was like Mount Everest because it's there. You got to climb it. And a lot of times our ball, the balls would go up there. If they were playing handball once in a while, a hard shot would maybe bounce up there. And uh, I'd be, I'd always volunteer to go get it because I like to climb it. I was always a climber. And I remember one time, this, this time this woman across the street in the building right across the street, nice lady who, who uh, she used to practice Santeria. And she was shot. I think it was by her husband. She died. And uh, I remember uh, the cops were looking for the gun. And I remember I just climbed up there to look to see if I could find... Maybe he threw it up there. I was just looking for an excuse again to climb. Didn't see the gun. Didn't find the gun up there. But I... What the heck? I just tried. I volunteered. Uh, anyway, so we're continuing now uh, east on 118, past the garage. Now we get to this corner building, which no longer exists. It's been rebuilt. Actually, the garage doesn't exist anymore either. That's been torn down. Uh, but this is where, and it's an episode that is dedicated to Kuga, the dog, the Doberman, the dangerous, crazy Doberman. And this building was where I, it was once the, uh, the headquarters of the Spanish Kings, which is a local gang. And um, this dog boy, he terrorized the block for a while. We would have to sneak by this building. You know, you, and sometimes we would tease him and run, which was really stupid. Because a couple times he would jump the fence and run after us. And one time we froze in our tracks because he was booking down the block. See, when they put the fire hydrant on, that would get him excited. And uh, he would come running to kind of chew at the water coming out of the hydrant. So he came zipping by. We all froze. We didn't know he was coming, so he caught us off guard. And they would say, freeze, and the dog won't bite you. And he was sniffing us. And boy, that was like out of us, a horror movie. You know, this dog just growling and sniffing. But he did bite us, thankfully. He just continued on his way to the to the hydrant. But uh, if you go back, there is an episode where I talk more in depth about, about Kuga and this building. So now we're on the corner now of Pleasant Avenue and 118. And I have a number of <coughs> very distinct memories of this spot. 
on 118 and Unpleasant. Uh, there was one time they were filming a movie. Uh, it's called The Exterminator. And I remember standing on, in this spot for quite a while watching it. There, there was a chase scene between a uh, garbage truck and a, and a, and a what was it? an armored truck and a garbage truck. And I remember just standing like right at this because it was kind of roped off and there was kind of a crowd watching. And that, that was right on this corner. Uh, had another uh, heartbreaking moment on this corner. But I'm not going to rehash that. Go to episode 30 and hear about that one. Uh, and then... If we go slightly, turning and head, let's see, let's head north. Well, actually, let's, let's stay on this corner for a bit, because there's a couple of things to point out. If you look across the street diagonally, that was where uh, Jimmy, not Jimmy, uh, Mary's candy store was. And uh, in the early 70s, the real early 70s, where the wise guy, the wise guys hung out in that area. Across the street, uh, north, on that side was there was a laundromat but if you go down the street a little bit there was a black door and if i'm not mistaken it was a secret numbers place where you would play a number you know you play the numbers it's a really uh, italian neighborhood thing i never played a number you know but i, I always used to hear my uncle talking about it. i gotta play that number oh it'd be one on, on two three six you know hey two three one i got one on two three one i gotta play two three one again so uh anyway there was there was a secret a secret numbers place that uh, only only the initiated knew about <clears throat> um, th- uh, then down on that same side of the street I'm going to jog across Pleasant Avenue here we go across Pleasant Avenue and uh, this is where there used to be a laundromat and then if you kept walking there was a place called Kushka's who was uh, it, it, as far as I remember I don't think it was I don't know if they had a diner counter or not but they she used to sell uh Pastries like Italian like donuts and stuff, and I think she had jars of pickles on the counter. This is all. This is a little fuzzy even for me, because this is going back quite a bit. But I remember my sisters going to Kushka's to get to get stuff. And uh, if we continue, uh, let's see, continue north. Now, see, now there's a uh, community garden here, because they knocked down like four buildings, and one of those buildings my my mother lived as a child, and this is where she grew up. And an interesting story. When they, my, my, my grandfather, her father, was an artist. He was a paint. He was a very good painter. And he had a bunch of paintings that for some reason, he, he, I heard he stored them behind an old un, old fireplace that didn't work anymore. So it's apparently there was a cache of his of his paintings. And I always remember like wanting to go up there before they tore the building down to try to find them. But I was a kid. My mother you know, wouldn't let me go up there. And we, I remember there was talk that we should try to, you know, like my uncles were going to go up there and see if they could find them, but they never did. And then when the building came down, I was like, I wonder if those paintings are in this rubble or something. Never did find that out. That was That's a mystery that's for, for the ages and forever. Uh, now it's in a, a community garden. But then it was big tenement buildings. And in one, and I believe in that same tenement building was a very famous candy store named Scotty's. And as a little kid, I remember going there after school, and uh, they had a great candy selection. It was a small, little, low-lit, dusty, moldy-smelling, fantastic store uh, that just reeked of, of nostalgia. It just was it, was... it had been there when my parents were little, and uh, they used to hang out there. And it was that was, that was a sad day when that closed, because uh, it, was, it, was it was a cool place. I'm going to jog back across Pleasant Avenue a bit. Uh, and there was right. We're back now near the corner building, and if we where Kugat lived, and why we used to watch the uh, movies get made. But if we walk continue more, there was a, there used to be a club, like a Hispanic club, Puerto Rican club. People guys would hang out there, 
Before that, I don't know what was there, but I just remembered for years and years and years it was a club. It's a restaurant now, uh, but then it was just it was a club, and it would always be guys hanging out. Sometimes the guys out there playing bongos and stuff. I never knew exactly what was going on in there. I don't know if I wanted to. Uh, continuing uh, north on Pleasant, in a couple more tenement buildings. Then there was we come to a spot where there was a bodega. Uh, you go down like two steps, and there was a bodega there for years and years. It's gone now. I don't even know if it's a storefront anymore. Uh, I, I I think it's bit was the building was redone and it's just apartments now. But back then there was a bodega, one of those classic East Harlem bodegas. Uh, we would go there for you know a container of milk or something. Maybe sometimes we buy firecrackers. And okay, so we're continuing north, and there was a building here. One of the buildings where my aunt Didi lives, my aunt Didi and Uncle Sam. In fact, this was the first building that I remember her living in, on the third floor. And uh, coming home from school, I'd she'd be out the window waving to us on days when she wasn't working. And uh, she would also pick us up at school, but we're heading towards the school, so I'll tell you about that when we get to that to 119th Street. So we're continuing, continuing. We get to the corner now of 119 and Pleasant. And across the street, there's, there's a yard, uh, a schoolyard. That used to be a building. They tore the building down, but there was a building there, and there was also a, a bodega. And there's a tragic uh, story there. There was It got held up one night, and the man behind the counter said he was shot by the thugs that held it up. He was a really nice man, too. I remember we were all very sad when he, we found out that he was killed. Uh, and then that building was torn down, and it, they, the, the lot was turned into a, like a, a, a lot for the school. It became like a partially a playground, a partially a parking, parking lot for teachers' cars. Uh, we're talking about early 70s here, because when I, when I went to school, it was... It's pretty much an empty lot, so that I must have been four or five when the building came down. Which brings us to Holy Rosary School. That's the school. That's where me and my sisters went. Uh, Catholic school. There used to be the nuns. Nuns would teach us. There were some good nuns and some wackadoo nuns. I think Sister Ursula was one of the, the classic, absolute, out of a gourd wackadoo nun. I, mean, I never, I never had her as a teacher, but I remember one time when I was a kid, I was like fifth, first grade. And I had long hair, you know, it's the 70s. I mean, guys had long hair. I used to think that short hair was so lame and so uncool. So I'd like shoulder length hair. But Sister Ursula would go, We're going to turn, we're going to put, we're going to put ribbons in your hair like a girl. When are you going to get your hair cut? Why you got such long hair? Well, I'm going to make, I'm going to put ribbons in it. And that was, you know, that just made my day every day when she did that. It was just a wonderful way to win over the children. But anyway, but there were some good ones too. There was uh, Sister Rosemary, I remember. Um, Sister Anita, she was a principal. She was a pretty nice lady. And I went to the school from first grade through eighth with one little break in the fifth grade where I went to Mount Carmel where we, the schools consolidated and they swapped. They swapped buildings. Some some kids went to one building, one went, some went to the other. But uh, I was in this building most of the time. And next to it was uh, a store we called the Record Shop. Now, it must have been a record shop at one day, because the sign said a record shop, but it really was just a candy store. Uh, I don't remember them selling records, 45s or 8-tracks, anything like that. Uh, but there were some posters, like music posters, but it was, a, it, I guess at one time it was a record shop, I don't remember it. But for me, it was the record shop meant candy. And you'd go there sometimes before school, or definitely after school, and, uh, you know, buy, buy candy. And next to that was another bodega. Which may still be there, to be totally honest. I think it might still be there, this bodega, on the corner of 120th and, and 1st. 
Uh, and then beyond that was the projects, which <laughs> we weren't allowed to go anywhere near there because it was, I don't know, we were scared to go, go over there. It was a lot of crime in the area, so in, in that area, so we decided, usually kept away from that. Uh, crossing the street, uh, across Pleasant, you come to this giant open playground for the public school. And we would use the, uh, our Catholic school would use that lot for recess and for gym, not for gym so much, but for recess. We would, on lunch break, we would have lunch and go out, hang out back then play. We'd play kickball or we'd play with a ball or sometimes even softball. And I had a moment, <laughs> I had a classic geek moment, uh, playing softball. And I wasn't, you know, I was not, a, I was a geek, but I was a pretty decent, I was a pretty athletic geek. And it, I was good at catching a ball. But of course, of course, the time when I get my chance to catch a pop-up, a simple pop-up that I've caught a thousand times playing with my friends, I missed it. And it fell next to me. Yeah, that's what happens when, I guess, Marlene or some girl you have a crush on is watching you play when you're in the seventh grade. <sighs> terrible, terrible. Anyway, but we had a lot of fun in there playing kickball and stuff like that. Now, we'll walk, we're going to continue to walk... Uh, we're going to go back south a little bit because I want to. There's a couple of things on this block here that must must talk about. Uh, 119th between Pleasant and the Drive. Now there was a soda fountain on this block, which was classic. I don't know when this was built. It probably was built in the early 1900s, and it was a classic soda fountain like you'd see in an old movie. And uh, they had the you know the soda fountains. You could get a uh, egg cream or a malted or a milkshake. And, I, and I'd go there, with my aunt, my aunt Dee, Dee would pick us up from school sometimes. And when she did, we knew we were going to get malted. And that was great. You'd sit on the old, at the counter with those old spinning round chairs that hadn't been upholstered since, you know, since Hoover was in office. And uh, it was great. And the old man behind the counter was been there, you know, probably was there, probably died with the place. And uh, it had that smell and that look and that, oh, it was just great. I, I wish I had photos of it because it was, uh, if any of you out there actually have photos of it, or any of these locations from that era, please post them on the Stoops of Atlantis page because there's some really great nostalgia here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what, what I could dig up. Uh, but that was the malted, I just called it the malted place. I don't, I think it was Louie was the, was the owner, a guy named Louie. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. If I'm wrong, shout out, shout out to me uh, on the page. Okay, so uh, down, we walked down this block and uh, one of my enemies of the block lives, one of the neighborhood lived on this block. I'm not even going to get into that, but uh, we'll continue one day, me and Russ, Russ, the, the, the blood master Russ and my buddy Scott and Christopher. Now Russ had just built, I mentioned earlier that he used to build models. So he once built an R2D2 model. It's huge. It's a big R2D2 model. It was probably about two feet high. And like you do with models when they're finished and perfect and look beautiful, you blow them up. What else are you going to do with a model? Keep it. You blow them up. And we had an M80. A nice big powerful stick of boom boom stuff, and Russ decided he wanted to blow up his model, so we weren't going to miss this. So we walked all the way down to the end. It's a dead end street uh, that looks out over the east the FDR Drive, but there's this curved part of the sidewalk in the, in, at the end, at the very end, and there's really nothing there. So it's a perfect spot to place this R2D2 model with an M80 shoved up its butt. And we lit the fuse, ran, and the thing went in. I wish I would have filmed this because this I would have loved to have seen this in slow motion. It was not a particle left of this poor R2-D2 when that thing blew up. It was like the Death Star blowing up. It really was. <laughs> it was a shower of powder when that was done. 
and that was a lot of fun because we, you know, what was better than blowing up stuff? Especially with M80s, because that's a, some serious power. And again, we didn't care about blowing our eyes out or blowing our hands off. We just did this stuff back then. This was what Gen X kids did. You know, that's what made us who we are. It just made us a little tougher than the average bear. So uh, we're on the end of 19th Street. And um, yeah, I'm going to end it here. Uh, this was uh, one little section of East Harlem that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll explore other areas. But uh, we're about 23 minutes into this podcast, so I think that's good enough to... Uh, we'll end it here on on, on 119 and a drive. Yeah, 119. All right, he's out there. So if you have any more stories from the neighborhood, you know, in those areas where I talked about it, if you got photographs or something, you know, put them up on the, on the, on the Facebook page there. You know what I'm talking about. All right, guys. So anyway, it was fun. It's fun reminiscing and walking through these streets again back in the day. And uh, I'm going to get back to 2022 and uh, edit this and post it on the page. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in to The Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it on whatever app you're using. And you could also leave a message at the Facebook page or contact me at stoopsmail at yahoo.com. Until next time.